0: Abbey Archives, a Redwall reread featuring one pagan and one Christian going over the series to see what aged like fine strawberry wine and what aged like milk. I'm Izzy, I use CCR pronouns. And I'm Kit, I use she her pronouns. You can find us and content for the podcast including art and links to other Redwall related things at Abbey Archives on Twitter. So Kit, how was your
1: holidays away from recording they were actually very good I think this is the best Christmas I've had like and I'm not exaggerating in like three or four years nice um it was very chill everybody got what they wanted um the kids behaved really good there was like a little bit of like upset on Christmas morning but that was because of some relatives of my sisters uh her <sighs> in-laws <sighs> one of their little dude one of their little dudes is like per- he's he's Got pretty serious illness. But he did pretty good, all things considered. And just, like, nobody got sick other than that. Well, actually, I take that back. Two people got sick, but one was the stomach bug because we think he ate too much sugar. And the other one was the little dude who's, like, permanently sick anyway. So, yeah. But other than that, it was really good. Uh, I got a lot of artwork done. You sure shit did. Oh my God. So many kits <laughs> a day. I'm like looking at one right now. Cause I'm working on the prompt for February. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I got to draw all this pink. Um, pink. <laughs> pink. <laughs> uh, yeah, other than that I had really good holidays um, My birthday went well this year It was nice and quiet I successfully did a recipe From the Legend of Zelda fan cookbook Nice And mom made an amazing cake A really good cake
0: A delicious cake It was so good Kit, Kit is old <laughs> We say as if Sarpedon Is at 40 <laughs>
1: i am officially 31 yes
0: (laughs) we we when it was kit's birthday i made an announcement in the server and jokingly called kit old and one of uh the people in the server sarpedon um who is also on the reddit which is where he found us um he's in his 40s (laughs) how dare you how dare you bully one of our members i'm not i'm saying that he was bullying us (laughs) Calling us young whippersnappers and such. (laughs) Which (laughs) is true. I'm 28, so. Yeah, we are but mere dibbins. We are but mere dibbins.
1: And how are
0: your holidays? They were okay. Work was annoying. Work is always annoying. I'm trying to find a new job, but... Otherwise, they were good. Um, I got to chill with my partners. Uh, New Year's was good. Um, We basically, like... Can and I spent the entire time just playing Animal Crossing for the New Year's <laughs> event. It's not that it it's valid. it be like that sometimes. And I've been playing Stardew Valley a lot. I'm excited because after recording, I'm going to get to play Legends of Arceus. I played like
1: probably half an hour last night before I finally gave up and passed out. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it so far. And just I love how they were just like, do you mind a mild
0: spoiler or do you want to go in it completely blind?
1: I want to go completely blind. Alright, I won't say anything. I know a
0: little bit about the gameplay mechanics and the fact that the world just kind of looks a little like ass. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, you can definitely tell that they have
1: been trying to improve. You can tell there was effort there. I think this is more a case of Nintendo pushing Game Freak into pushing the games out too fast.
0: Yeah, probably. They're probably going to do an update and it's going to fix a bunch of shit. Because I know there's yeah. also been, from what I've seen, there's been some glitchy mechanics. Um, yeah. The game doesn't work quite as well as it should. But it's yeah. basically just, did you want Monster Hunter Rise but Pokemon? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I did want Monster Hunter Rise as I- I Pokemon. Want- I do um, want you to
1: tell me your reaction to like the opening sequence though, because I'm cackling at the 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 character writing is very amusing so far. I'm it's excited. Like I'm not even half an hour in, and I'm already getting attached to some of the characters. So, and I'm, that's a lot more than I felt. Like I liked Swish. I like the characters in Swish,
0: but I'm it just, did take
1: me a minute to warm up to Leon. I am
0: just. There's an evolution for Stantler. Yes, and I need it. <laughs> I <laughs> didn't need it. Stantler's one of my favorite Pokemon. Uh, anyway, we have a fun announcement that you guys probably saw on our Twitter. Uh, we have started a podcast collective. Uh, I say we, I mostly mean me, and everybody else went with it. I'm still like, why are you guys letting me make decisions? Um, but people keep letting me make decisions. So we have started a podcast <laughs> collective called Hearthside Enclave, and if you would like to follow us uh, for, like, big updates, like new podcasts, joining the collective, uh, streaming, which Kit and I are going to start doing hopefully next month or in March. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say this month because this month is already almost over and I don't want to put that pressure on us and we have to figure out a schedule.
1: But yeah, i to say this month only has two more days. Let's not do that to ourselves. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. Two more days.
0: Yeah. um, Like if we're going to start streaming next month, it's going to be towards the end of the end of next month. But anyway, yeah, um, because that's where we will be doing like the posts and announcements for when we start streaming Lost Legends of Redwall. Um, yeah. Because we're going to stream that and we're going to do an episode on it at some point. <laughs> uh, I want to start streaming Pokemon Uranium. Because that I can... f- fucking finally came back out again. Uh, I and of course Pokemon I've, Uranium.
1: I've always got my art streams going on. So that's something we can do.
0: Yeah, I've talked with Dirk wants to do writing streams and stuff like that. So like they're streaming. We're going to start doing charity like game streams mm-hmm. as well. Where like people will be doing like tabletop games and getting guests from like other podcasts and other networks, um, we'll actually get Kit to play a fucking game with us <laughs> instead of Kit being off playing games with people who aren't in the podcast collective. I've only I played say, two games. As- as if you haven't actually played a game for Hope's Hearth. It just hasn't come out yet. Oop, yeah, and
1: we recorded it like in the middle of last year, or so.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. There's the game that is coming out right now. Everybody's microphones still sound like ass. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> we recorded it before we started playing Galactic. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. It's fine. We had. This means that we have been able to really not. Force ourselves to have to play games constantly because we have Mm -hmm. such a good backlog. We are Mm -hmm. actually tonight going to start recording our long form game for the end of this season. Oh, good. Uh, Okay. And then we're also going to be picking up some more um, smaller games. I have to get together with Dirk and August about playing Ocean Tides because the Kickstarter for that is going to be coming out. And I want to mm. have that out for the Kickstarter. Anyway, um, but yeah, if you would like to, I'm going to probably cut a bunch of that. That's okay. Anyway, if you would like Just to follow me, us. me providing a little clap to remind Izzy to maybe cut all this. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to follow, uh, Hearthside Enclave on Twitter, it is H-S-Enclave, um, we're very, very proud of the work that we are doing, and we're excited to bring you guys more cool and fun things. Um, you can still follow us on Abby Archives, obviously. We're still going to be posting updates about what we're doing specifically, uh, as well as, like, book stuff and, like, retweeting other people's artwork constantly because I follow people who retweet other people's artwork uh, and I want to retweet people's uh, Redwall artwork. Please, if you guys find like cool Redwall artwork, DM it to us. I want to see it, please. <laughs> I want to see it. Um, but yeah, uh, and yeah, cool things. I don't know how to segue into this ne- this next bit, but uh, so Kit. This is your second copy of the book, apparently. Like, we're reading MetaMail, and this is Kit's second copy of the book.
1: Yes, because, like, when I... I remember I read this in 2019, like, December early... December, like, December 2019 and early January of 2020. And I remember reading through it going, well, that was a book. And then, (laughs) like, the copy... The copy was nice enough that I donated it to my local library. Like Periodically, I'll just go and do a book purge and either donate it to my local library or drop it off at the thrift store. Um, So when we were getting this together, I'm like, oh, surely I still have that copy. And like, I'm digging through my closet, looking through my books, and I'm like, it's not here. I read this book, and it's not here. Okay, this doesn't bode well, because now I'm remembering, like, if I didn't like it enough to keep it and donated it to the library, oh boy, you know. So yeah, this is actually my second copy, which it's, it's the same, it's the same, um, print year, but this copy came from the wonderful little used bookstore in Sheridan, Wyoming. It's a great little bookstore, used bookstore. I nice. love that place. What the is Gathers the, Sitchel. um, what is your book's cover art? It is the, it's Marl, Tho- uh, sorry, it's Slagar with like the full face mask. It's got like the little weasel to the left and you see, um, uh, Sam, probably tim oma okay so it's 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 the realistic looking uh characters which is very jarring when you then go to see the chapter art where they are not yeah same it's Marcel,
0: like the the tra- the traditional looking like the ones that like were yes. the copies distributed for a very very long time yeah that the vast majority of us have that have like the shiny borders uh-huh yeah yep, yeah yep yep Mine is the, um, manuscript cover. Oh, yeah. And this is actually the original copy I had when I was a kid. Do you want to know how I figured that out? (laughs) Do tell the people. Mid-reading, mid-reading this book, I was just idly flipping the pages, because I'll do that, like, as I've got ADHD, and last night when I was reading, because I struggle to read these before the night before, um... Because ADHD brain. Which is why I do the summaries. Yes. And I appreciate you very much for doing that. I do the (laughs) editing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is how we've made it work. It works. Um, But I was idly flipping the pages. Making sure not to lose my page. Which was I'm using a Pokemon card. As my bookmark. Well I flipped. And noticed that there was another page. That was like popping open. The same way that my bookmarked page was. And I was like what? And so I flipped to it. There was a bookmark there. It was a Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> <laughs> I have it sitting right here. It is a D spell spell card. If I knew anything about Yu-Gi-Oh, it's a little lock. Like the image is just uh. a little lock. Um, but when I was a kid. When I was actively reading Redwall, I collected a yu <laughs> card. Nothing wrong which with that. Which is how I know this is my original copy. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, I'd be like that. Oh, God. Sorry, I just put this book on top of my copy of Eulalia. This book is so much thicker
1: than Eulalia. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting to see which books he really gets into and other ones where he's just kind of like, eh, I can take it easy on this book. Yeah,
0: But oh, so, like, yeah. I... Literally had to stop reading for like 10 minutes when I found that card because I was laughing and also like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. Like Izzy kept (laughs) messaging me and I'm just like, it's like, yeah, that's fine. Izzy, get back to reading. No. (laughs) I need to have
0: moments where I'm like, boop, boop, boop,
1: boop. You're fine. Boop. That's that's why I usually would do the reading and the summary after work because then I would have my snack and it's like my brain was just like, I need something to
0: engage with after cleaning for four hours. Yeah. So... Uh, just to reel it back in. Original thoughts from Madame Mayo, because Madam Mayo is one of those books that I remember reading, but I don't remember much from it. Mm -hmm. All I remember is when I was a kid, I was like, that was a book. I didn't like it that much, but it was a book. I read it. Yeah. And then I put it away forever. (laughs) Apparently, at some point, I tried to reread it because D-Spell was in there, but... It's it's, it's, I don't dislike it, but I don't really feel much else for
1: it. It's like, well, there are parts of it that I do dislike, but otherwise it's just kind of like,
0: it's an okay book. It's part of the series. It is what it is. I think it may be something to do with some of the writing that's in it, especially in the very beginning where it's Mm -hmm. just boring. Like we we do talk uh, about it too. Yeah. So, all right. So today we are obviously reading. Uh Matameo. I'm going to pronounce it Matameo. Kit's going to pronounce it Matimeo. I'm going to bounce back and forth. Uh, honestly, yeah. I'm I'm leaning I'm trying to lean more towards Matameo. Oh no, but... don't don't just do it either way cuz yeah, honestly, his name is such a fuck.
1: Well, okay, I've got a small cute story about that. I have a
0: friend who
1: was raised like their their grandfather is exceedingly British. Um, even after all these years of living in Canada, And when I mentioned Madame Mayo, they were like, oh, tell me how that name is spelled. I might know the proper pronunciation. I'm like, well, you know what? Sure. If anyone would know, it would probably be you. So I read it out and they were like, oh, yeah, no, I thought that was a bastardization of a different name. But no, when I explained like the whole like, yeah, his name is a mix up of three different names. And when I read out the full three names, they were like, oh, and I said, yeah, like his dad obviously wanted him to get bullied. (laughs) (laughs)
0: instead he became a spoiled fucking brat. Yep. Um, So, we're reading the first book of Madame Mayo, Slagar the Cruel, from chapters 1 through 25. This is half of the book. Yeah, pretty much. This is half of the book. I don't know how this keeps happening, where the first book in the book is half of the fucking book. I think, But it keeps happening. this... This is the third book that this has happened in.
1: I think it's because a big chunk of it is set up.
0: Yeah. We're, We're setting up the story with this. I guess. Um, content warnings. So, content warnings for... Slavery. Kidnapping. Character death. Claustrophobic conditions. Severe facial scarring. Uh... Abuse.
1: Yeah.
0: Honestly, Specifically
1: child a, abuse um, yeah. This one is a lot Milder than like I, I mean I say It's a lot milder but like there is Well like, <laughs> it's not it, gonna it, be much Milder It's not but like it, it is interesting to me how like I'm reading through this and I'm like there isn't It doesn't seem like there is as much that I felt I had to warn For than I did with the others
0: Yeah It's because a lot of it it's more Consistent with yes. everything yeah. Uh, it's the same content warnings because it's the same shit keeps happening because Slagar mm-hmm. is cruel. I'm just yeah.
1: how you. S- I'm surprised how you say his name. I was saying it's Slagar. A slag because his face looks like slag.
0: <gasps> oh! Did you did did that finally click for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Honestly, because again, like I was saying, it's Slagar <laughs> all this time because I thought you know fantasy
0: name because yeah, the, no,
1: do- the vermin don't get names so
0: not normal names. i mean his original name was fucking chicken hound but yeah <laughs> Spoilers, we all know this way. that's not a spoiler we all know. know this i know <laughs> anyway we open on and this is this isn't chapter one this is the opening we open on orlando the axe following the fox his home destroyed, and his daughter, Alma, stolen from him. This first bit, the repetition, Orlando the Axe was following the fox, is so good. It's delicious. Delicious. <laughs> it's... It's good. Like, it's delicious. Delicious. Um, <laughs> so good. Like, it just really drives... It's a very simple sentence that is repeated throughout the chapter that really drives home how Orlando the Axe is feeling. Orlando is a badger, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's a, a badger from, like, what, the Western Plains? The Eastern Plains? Uh, the Plains.
1: Ooh, the Plains. I don't think they really specify if it's West or East, just that he is from the
0: Plains. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, I don't. Eh. But. Uh, so he is there. Following the fox. Because the fox. Stole his daughter. And destroyed his home. So he's going to get. He's going to fucking kill the fox. That is his mission is kill the fox, get his daughter. Yep. It's, I mean.
1: So, should have known. Or, Slagar should have known better when he went and messed with a
0: badger. Does it look like he knows better? Oh, No, that's true. No. Does it look like that this man's knows better? He does not. No. <laughs> so, then we move into our first chapter. The second beginning of the book is an entry from John Churchmouse, the recorder. Uh, he's setting the scene for us. Uh, it's almost the solstice of the summer of the golden plain because the uh, plains outside the abbey like on the side of the abbey, that's not the forest. Are just full of yellow blooms, and King, it's it's really pretty. King, pretty. Cup, King cup and dandelion mingled with cowslip. It's it's honestly it's a really pretty visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it's been eight seasons since the events of of Redwall itself since Clooney happened. Mm -hmm. They've been very peaceful years, full of, like, plenty, good harvests, stuff like that, and John Churchmouse is writing down all of the goings-on of the Abbey. There's a feast being prepared, because it's been eight years, and it's also, you know, the Abbot's anniversary, etc. Um, And it's a lot of very...
1: flowery writing
0: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i just like literally in my notes it goes it's a scene it seems like this that i love and hate on one hand they're important to set the scenery around us and get a feel of the place on the other the flowery hit writing makes my brain fuzz out
0: Yeah, this first chapter is not particularly engaging, and I personally feel like there would have been a better way to set the scene of the bustling Abbey. Uh Because, like, they kind of did this in Redwall, but it wasn't as much. And the real setting of the scene to what was going on was following Abbot Mortimer around. Uh Like, having the camera on him as he saw what was going on and running into Matthias. Uh, like whereas I, this is just, like, there's goings-ons happening. Uh, I'm writing them down. Now I'm going to go help sample the drinks in the cellar with Ambrose Spike. Yeah.
1: um, And, and like, I'm probably going to get some pitchforks pointed at me for this. But, like, it's writing like this that I can't read it. If it is consistently like this, this much detail, this much just unnecessary um, background, like... It's okay to set up a scene, but if you get too detailed, you lose the reader. Like, this is why I can't read The Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> because there is too this much detail. This is why detail. I can't read
0: George R.R. R. Martin books. Oh, uh, I just don't like Martin's books because I don't like what he writes. Um, That's fair. <laughs> They're full of so much detail. I had a friend in high school who wrote like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Just way too much detail. His writing was good. I couldn't read it it's like it's very
1: hard to find that balance because on one hand like i do appreciate world building like this where we get a lot of the setting but on the second hand it's like what is this really important to the plot and does this help us like not to be all Shekhov's gunny on people but like sometimes it's like you do need that to be plot relevant like describing like oh this great cool castle it's like all right but what does it do like in some of the books that i like when they describe the castle the way the castles put together helps to emphasize like what does the ruler of this country emphasize like does it have high walls for defense or does it have murder holes and arrow slits everywhere for <laughs> offense you know um, murder holes <laughs> but yes so it is a good setting like we do get like the feeling of like this is the it's 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 setting up Eden perfection comfort to yeah. be destroyed later
0: yeah like it definitely like this is what the abbey is is this kind of almost too perfect of a place Mm -hmm. uh the abbey has its problems we all know this we've talked about it before um and we're going to talk about it more as we go forward so chapter two we are introduced to our villain slagar a hooded fox with a raspy voice hiding in the sad remains of the Church of St. Ninians, which for some reason is still standing. I don't know why they didn't decide to tear it down so no one else could hide in it, but they didn't. Um, Because, like, I would have done that, uh, especially after everything that happened there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure, is it
1: this book? There's, like, this book or another book where they do tear it down. Like, I remember... I
0: don't know if they tear it down in this book.
1: Okay. They haven't yet, so... They haven't yet, but I do remember in at least one book soon-ish, it does get torn down because they're like, you know what? This place gets used for nothing but evil. Let's just do away with it. Yep. Anyway, though, potential spoilers for this book. I don't remember. I, I'm eh, starting to think it might be
0: later. Anyway. Who knows? So, a gaily painted and festooned wagon pulled by... Is it really a dozen? I thought it was only four. Oh, no, it does <laughs> say twelve, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I'm stupid. <laughs> I well, can't it's, it's, read.
1: It's because they don't
0: name any of the other like That's fair. Woodlanders, yeah. So um the wagon is being pulled by a dozen or so slaves uh and a young female badger. Uh the driver is a foul tempered stoat named Half Tail, uh whips a young squirrel who begs for water Uh, He's only stopped when Slaggar scolds him for damaging potential goods for sale. We just immediately get into the meat of this story, which is Slaggar is a slaver. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that as a plot point, but here we are. I mention it in later on down
1: in the notes at a certain point, how like, I feel like this is probably why I didn't get as attached to this book as I did to the others yeah. because like narratives like this, like I'm not fond of them. They make me tense. They make me upset. Like, especially like depending on the setting or the era it's in, because I also do say that for the, like the nebulous time that these stories are set in, this isn't that unusual like a lot of times when guys would go a viking or you'd get like a bunch of bored people in england before it was united as like one mm-hmm. kind of nation they'd be like hey let's go let's i go mean even after but yeah they'd be like hey let's go kidnap some people and make some money you know yeah and they would it's go do still,
0: that it's still something that it's like i understand why it's in the book and i understand why it is a plot point and it's a plot point that comes up multiple times in multiple books, mm-hmm. um, because it's just a integral part of the world that Brian has set up. Mm-hmm. Is there are slaves because there are bad people, mm-hmm. and it's setting up that like these people are bad because they have like they do this. They're bad. Slavery bad. Yeah. Like, but it doesn't mean glad that we have that, to that is to like such the a. Nerd. Distinct point, yeah. That slavery bad, but there's still a lot of those, and I it. We're gonna talk about it more when we get to that point because I remember typing it into a comment, and I don't mm-hmm. remember everything I said. I don't want to try and paraphrase what I typed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's just it's not a a a. It's not a
1: pleasant thing to. It's not a like a. a a ro- like sometimes it's like, I just want to read a rollicking adventurer not Sometimes paying. I
0: want to read the long patrol. I don't want to read this. Yeah. <laughs> I like the long patrol. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, nope, you're fine. Um, so... Hair apologist. Hey. He sends Scringe, a ferret, mm-hmm. to get the slaves a little food and water uh, and then sets to scolding Tail for disobeying orders. The stoat is thoroughly whipped with his own cane for not taking the cart through the woods and risking alerting the Redwallers to their presence by driving it on the road. Uh, Because he he was ordered, like, you need to drive through the woods as much as possible. But when Slaggar had, like, peeked out the door, like, earlier, he'd seen him just trundling down the middle of the road. Causing a big old dust cloud. Happy as could be. And Slaggar does not want the Redwallers to know they're there yeah so chastising done he once again orders scringe to get food and drink this time for himself and he watches uh over red wall from shattered window frame eagerly planning and daydreaming of revenge he is this is where we start getting like that kind of poke where it's like do we know this fox yes we do know this fox mm-hmm. um and he is called Slygar the Cruel. Uh, do they call him the Sly One in this They They chapter? do. Like,
1: it, it's 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 interspersed. Like, it'll mix throughout. Like, his usually it's his minions who'll be like, oh yes, the Sly One is kind of what they refer to him as. Like, to him, yeah. he is the Sly One.
0: Yeah. So it's or like Slygar yeah. the Sly One, Slygar the Cruel. Um, he's a cruel and sly fox. Yeah. Um, Water is wet. Water is wet. You can see a lot of, like, he definitely got some inspiration from Clooney, like, in how he acts towards his underlings. Very much so. Because, like, as even though Clooney, you know, died, like, failed and died, Slaggers probably like, oh, that's just because he got too cocky. But the way that he was handling his underlings kept them in line. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can see... Where he, he, he learned, Mm -hmm. but he's not going, he's, he's like, I'm not going to make the same mistakes. And you know what?
1: He doesn't. He makes a whole different entire set of mistakes. He sure does.
0: Like stealing the child of a badger. Yeah. God. And this is, uh, you made this comment, like, this is the kind of Fox that like, we want to see in these books. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, Fortunata and Cela, where they were just kind of there and kind of stupid. They really were just, yeah. Like, no, this is a fox. But that's because Slagar is our central villain in this book and not a tertiary mm-hmm. bad guy. Um, and then we cut to Cornflower in Chapter 3, who is looking <laughs> for her son, Madame Mayo. Uh, she runs into John Churchmouse, and he tells her not to fuss, uh, saying that he's probably with Tim and Tess. Last he knew, they'd been assigned to help Brother Rufus make place names for the feast table. And speaking of Brother Rufus, he shows up in a tiff over the children's terrible spelling and the ruined place names for the feast. Like He's got these little scrolls, and they are just all misspelled in scratching scrawl, and both Cornflower and John are, like, tittering because they're like, oh, that'll be that'll be mine. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like John Church is like, oh, that's probably one of mine. Like, and and Brother Rufus is adamant that it's that it is. It's Matt. And it's yeah. Maddie. Yeah. Yeah
1: also small note i use maddie in the notes because his name just it it upsets me they do call him maddie quite a few times in the book Mm -hmm, so i am justified it also helped it also helped me from like calling him matthias or martin so like calling him maddie helped me keep track um but it's just (laughs) this whole little exchange is very cute like and all like right out of the gate, we see Cornflower is an actual character in this book. She has personality. I made this
0: comment, and then you made the comment like just a few lines down in the synopsis. We both were like, "I think she's had more lines in just this section than the entirety of Redwall." Yeah, and it's true. She's a person in this book. What the fuck? Yeah. Like what? B- d- b- a person? She's a person. And wow. I mean, even with... And we make a comment about this later on, but like, even Tess, who is shown kind of a few times to be like, Maddie's quote-unquote romantic interest, they're like eight. And like... Tess is like eleven, Maddie's like eight, so... Eh. Yeah. Uh, but... Tess is also a person! <laughs>
1: They, like, it's honesty to a point where it's like, I forget that they're supposed to be love interests. I'm just like, yeah, she's a fun character. And then they're just like, oh, they're going to get married someday. I'm like, uh, okay.
0: Which I think shows that, um, Brian definitely kind of learned. Definitely. Between books. Like, no, I actually want to write ladies who are characters and not sexy lambs. Well, I mean, like, he does have other lady
1: characters who are characters, so it's yeah. not just an outlier, but, yeah. This-Cornfeller
0: is still weird. She is.
1: Like, she is still defined by, like, being a mother.
0: Yeah, and she has a few moments where I'm just like, why is she acting like that? Yeah. <laughs> There's some moments where it just feels a little out of character. We'll get there. So Rufus and John both complain to Cornflower about Maddie's behavior. Because apparently he's basically just a spoiled brat. Yeah. Uh, And she agrees with them in like a put upon manner. She's like, yeah, he's not like, he, he has issues. And then John does call Maddie a brat. And she shows some backbone and stands up for her son. You know? Uh, yeah. and, like, it's, like, she says, like, it's not his fault that he's the son of the warrior of Redwall, and it is not just her and Matthias who were spoiling him. He's been spoiled since the day he was born. They
1: really, she, like, she does call them out in a really good manner.
0: Let me see if I can find it. Let's see. John Churchmouse peered sympathetically over the top of his square glasses. Maybe it'd be better to do so, if you'll excuse me for saying. Young Maddie will have to start growing up sometime if he ever hopes to become the warrior of Redwall like his father Matthias. Matimio will have to start behaving responsibly instead of going about like a spoilt brat, if you'll pardon the expression, ma'am. Cornflower stood up. I know exactly what you mean, Mr. Churchmouse, but we may be judging Maddie a little unfairly. After all, he does have quite a lot to live up to, being the son of Redwall's warrior. Besides, practically every woodlander within our walls has spoiled him since the day he was born. hmm And then there was an awkward silence because both John and Rufus did not know how to respond to that because it's fucking true. hmm Like, she called them out on and they're just like, oh,
1: yeah, I guess. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. And then a mole babe is, just runs up to them <laughs> to snitch on Maddie who is a slaying vich. And all the adults scamper to the conflict. It's like, Come here quickly, Joe! Mice, my... Acey, Mighty be a slain. Bitch, Do hurry! It's very cute. I love
1: the moles in this book. Like the moles in this book are very good. They are. We we don't get as much of them, but they're still very good.
0: Yeah. Um, and so Jess and Sam uh see the fight. Like we get, we cut over to Jess Squirrel. Because she is uh, the first on the scene. She'd been in a, a tree, an apple tree in the orchard with her son Sam, when they heard the screams. And apparently, <laughs> Maddie and Vitch are just in a fucking knockdown, drag out, kicking and biting kind of fight. And Maddie's winning. Yeah, Maddie's fucking winning. <laughs> and they pull them apart, uh, and Matsumio is like fucking. Angry and vich a rather rat like mouse <laughs> to which I wrote uh Brian subtlety I don't know her me over here yelling about how people who are outside the norms at the abbey are ostracized and villainized but the joke is is that Vich is actually a fucking rat
1: <sighs> mm-hmm. <sighs> uh. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: but yeah Vich is pretty worse for the wear. Like, Maddie was winning. Maddie was fucking winning. Um...
1: Literally tearing this guy a new one.
0: Yeah. And Vich says, he called me a skinny little rat, Maddie. He said I was not a warrior's son. He pulled my tail and he jumped on me and bit me and silence. And then Constance shows up. Yep. And Kit and I are both like, yes. <laughs> just like, I just put a little heart Love emoji. Constance. Just like, yes, here she is. Here she is. Our favorite lady. Yes. And like, she was technically kind of old in the last book. How old is she now? Right. Fuck. Badger's old. Badger's amazing. Yeah, we love badgers. There's multiple badgers
1: in this book. We we eat good tonight, boys.
0: (laughs) We eating good tonight.
1: (laughs) Badger's back (laughs) on the table. (laughs) <laughs> We're stupid. <laughs> we haven't done this in a month, guys. We got to get some of the sillys out. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Um. So Constance arrives in the scene, and she, you know, scolds Vich, newcomer or no, fighting is not allowed, and he's sent to Friar Hugo to do kitchen work, like scrubbing pots and pans, scrubbing the floor, etc. <laughs> and then Constance turns her attention to Maddie. <coughs> And Sorry. she gives him a stern dressing down. And I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. Son of Matthias the warrior, look at me, Constance commanded. Sheepishly, the young mouse gazed upward until he was staring into Constance's unblinking dark eyes. The onlookers stood silent as the matriarch gave the young mouse a piece of her mind. Madame this is not the first time I have had cause to speak with you. I am not going to ask you for an explanation, because in this case, I do not think you could justify yourself. Vich is a newcomer, hardly arrived here. You were born at Redwall, you know the rules of our abbey. To live in peace with others, never to harm another creature needlessly, to comfort, assist, and be kind to all. Mayo’s lip quivered. He looked as if he were about to speak, but the badger's stern gaze silenced him. "'Today you took it upon yourself to attack another creature who is a guest in our home,' Constance continued, her voice in accusing Nell. "'You, the son of my old friend Matthias the Warrior, who fought to bring peace to Mossflower. "'Madameo, I will not give you any tasks to do as punishment. "'The sorrow and worry you cause your mother and the shame you bring down upon your father are the penalties that will rest on your own head. "'Go now and speak to your father.' Madameo's head drooped low as he stumbled off. Tess, Tim, and Sam the Squirrel kept silent. They knew that every word Constance spoke was the truth. Madameo's middle name should have been trouble. Yeah, I don't...
1: I, 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 I point I, out later that I think one reason I don't like this book is everyone is very unpleasant to each other.
0: Yeah, there's a weird undertone of like, it's it's... It's, like, southern rudeness, that kind of backhandedness without actually being rude. hmm Also, I dislike these kinds of punishments. Yeah. They... I didn't go into full detail when I put my comment here, because I was saying, like, from my experience, it gives kids complexes. My parents would do this to me. Ugh. They They would pull, like, the whole, like, I'm disappointed in you... Like, don't you feel bloody blah blah, because, like, you made me feel bloody blah. And on one hand, I can see where this punishment is coming from trying to make the kid realize other people's emotions. Mm -hmm. Like, your actions do have consequences, but... Let me tell you why that doesn't work. Kids' brains... Listen, I used to teach kids. I figured...
1: <laughs> yeah, I've go, go had to
0: explain me. this to my own mother one time. Yeah, go, uh, go ahead. So, kids' brains, obviously, they're not done cooking. Your brain doesn't finish cooking until you're 25 years old. Okay? That's really late in life, technically. But really, it's not because we can live to be, like, a century old. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that our brains aren't done cooking until about a quarter through our lifespan, really, not that bad. But... When you're a kid, everything that happens, happens to you and you alone. Your experiences are not shared by other people. And the things that you do don't affect other people. This is not a true fact, but this is how it looks to kids. There are kids who realize faster than others, oh, my actions have consequences. What I did made my friend cry. I shouldn't do that again. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Usually, kids will realize this about other kids before they realize it about adults. Mm -hmm. Trying to say you've made your mother feel sad and you've made your father feel shame like I'm disappointed in you do you know why kind of vibes doesn't work. Because it doesn't lay out the direct consequences of what his actions have done Mm -hmm. all it does is say your parents are mad at you he already knew that yeah and it's it's brought on again like when matthias speaks to him like the next day and we'll get there um like that he's just i'm already aware everybody's mad at me yeah kind of thing like he's being a kid everybody's mad at him because he made a mistake but nobody has explained to him exactly what the consequences of this mistake are right a lot of the times adults will just kind of be like this is a bad thing you did why what what is going to happen because i did this yeah the kid... no one it, no one goes that step ki- and kids need that they need to know what the direct consequence of their actions are and it can't just be you're in trouble i'm mad at you here's a punishment they need to know what their actions have actually done Mm -hmm. because then they will more easily understand if you have a kid who let's use this as an example punches another kid Mm -hmm. right and you're like go to your room no dinner but you didn't sit at with him and explain hey you punched the other kid how would you feel if somebody punched you Mm -hmm. you've hurt this other kid this is called gentle parenting by the way um and like you can even be like hey i am upset at you the other kid is also upset at you like you shouldn't do this do you know why and if your kid is like yes have them explain it to you and be like okay can you tell me why is it because you know you hurt him you hurt the other kid You know, stuff like that. Like, don't make them feel shame like that, but make them understand, hey, the thing you did hurt somebody else and you shouldn't do that. Or, say, a kid accidentally, you know, drops, like, a glass on the floor and it shatters. Yeah. My mom never got, like, yelled at me for doing this, even though, like, I would always freak out whenever I did it because, you know, I dropped fucking ceramic on the floor. Yeah. And it shattered. But, like, there are parents who will just yell at their kids for dropping something and breaking it. And what you should do is be, like, you have to be more careful. Make sure you keep two hands on the thing, etc., etc., etc. You know, directly explaining, hey, this is the consequences of the thing that you did. This is the mistake you made. Here's how you can fix it in the future. And Uh it's not going to sink in the first time also. (laughs) it's it's not only that but like the the punishment they put upon
1: him like no one has really told him they're like you're the son of of the red Waller, you have like the red Wall warrior you have to do this you have that and he doesn't understand why he doesn't understand yeah. and nobody has managed to explain to him why he is important like why the here like the warrior has to do yes. these things he doesn't yes. understand
0: he's just a kid he can't understand this to an extent yeah. Yeah, and probably because nobody has thought to explain it to him like that, they mm-hmm. probably just all assume he already knows. hmm Because that's another thing that parents and adults will do with kids where they have, like, some expectation on them. Mm-hmm. They'll assume that the kid already knows why. Right.
1: Because they forget. They, like, you do forget that sometimes, as a, like, your brain works different as a
0: kid. Mm-hmm. Like, so when... I've talked about this before. I went to a magnet school. Um, The reason I got into this magnet school was because of my singing. I have a very, I don't want to say very good, but I have a decent singing voice. It's kind of waned over the years because I haven't kept up with it. But Mm -hmm. I got into this school because I was at the time very good at singing. My mom never told me this. Oh. So I didn't go into that, like, extracurricular track at my school. I went into art and theater. And I didn't even do musical theater because at some point between 5th and 6th grade, I developed stage fright. Fair enough. It's called I Developed Anxiety because I started being a teenager. Understandable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm slowly getting over my stage fright still as a 28-year-old because I the, the fear of being known... You know, that kind of shit. But I was also a decent actor. Um, I was given the lead part in a play when I was in fifth grade. Uh, But, so, like, I was never told, like, hey, this is why you're here. So I didn't do anything with it. Because nobody told me. I thought I got in for art. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. (laughs) I did not. (laughs) Alright. <laughs> Back to the <laughs> so, book, though. yeah. So, yeah. Mad Mayo has gone off thoroughly chastened, And now the next chapter. Unsurprisingly, Vich is a rat. <laughs> he was sent into Redwall by Slagger to spy. Then he whinges about being put to work, uh, like, oh, they made me do this, that, and the other, because the little brat fucking, like, tried to beat me up. Um... And he almost gets in trouble with Slagger until he tells him, like, that he did what he was sent to do. He has the date of the feast. he's oiled the hinges in the north wall gate. Yet again, this gate is coming to bite them in the ass. Like nobody, why does no one guard these gates? And God, These fucking gates. And Matteo is indeed there. And we learn Slagger wants. Matameo like the most anyone else just a bonus he wants the son of Matthias we get like this whole thing about like Matthias
1: it's like very intense like this is where we really start to get to see his revenge plot his desire for revenge really get set up like this is his focus Um, yeah He's got a very i i i say it a little later down because like in the next um he commiserates with Vich that revenge is the best thing in the world and Vich is just puzzled like what could hurt the Sly One like this is where they mention the Sly One but like I like this because it it kind of differentiates Slagar from um cruelly uh cruelly um Clooney and, Clooney and Sarmina and Sarmina in that he. He uses his wits more than he uses his violence because he he's learned his limits. He knows what he can't do because he's seen Clooney fail. He knows what happened to Clooney and his desire that laser focus for revenge makes him a very compelling villain in a lot of ways because um, he, he just wants them to
0: suffer yeah, he just wants them to suffer. He doesn't care about, like, taking Redwall. He doesn't care mm-hmm. about anything else. He wants them to suffer the way that he suffered. hmm And so, he commiserates with Vich. You know, revenge is the best thing in the world. Because Vich is, like, fucking pissed mm-hmm. about Maddie.
1: How dare they make me do manual labor? Ugh.
0: Ugh. How dare this child beat me up? Yeah. How
1: dare this child act like a child?
0: Yeah. And... Yeah, Vitch is puzzled about how one mouse could hurt the sly one, and Slagger says it was the whole abbey that harmed him. Taking Maddie, their prized child, will be the best revenge. Like, he says specifically, like, you couldn't imagine the agonies they'd go through if he went missing. You see, I know the woodlanders of that abbey. They love their young, and they'd rather be made captive themselves than have Anything happened to their precious little ones, this is what will make my revenge all the sweeter. And he's, and he's right. He's, just like, he's yes, exactly. Because the Woodlanders do care about like we've seen, we saw it in Mossflower, we saw it in Redwall. They care about their kids More than so anything much. Else. Yeah. More than anything else. More than their own lives. And the moment is broken by Vich trying to touch Slaggar's mask because he's like, is this why you wear this mask? And he is viciously rebuked and sent back to the Abbey to continue spying. Like, Vich is like, do not fucking touch me. You get back to that Abbey. You keep spying on them and do not let that kid out of your sight.
1: Or so help me.
0: Yeah, or so help me God. Uh, Vich departed uh, I'm just gonna read this last bit. Yeah, go ahead. Vich departed hastily, leaving slogger to take his ease once more. The cruel one lay back, all thoughts of sleep, banished by one word, which echoed around his twisted mind like an eerie melody. Revenge. And then we get the cursed oh. fucking Shefter arc! I
1: hate this, it's so bad. <laughs> like, I know this has nothing to do with the book writing and anything... But it's, it's awful. The, the, the I clothing want is awful. to put a caveat
0: here. I want to put a caveat here really quick. Please let me say this. We are both artists. We understand, one, the artist who did this work is still alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and does not necessarily actively participate in the Redwall fandom, but is here. I don't know if they listen to the podcast, but if they ever do, we do like your artwork. This is just a particularly cursed-looking little mouse boy. It's it's the
1: it's the face. It's like everything. It's like if you cover up the face, the rest of the art is fine. But the eyes, the 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 nose, flat. If it had been
0: like an actual mouse face, I think it would have looked better.
1: Very much so. Yes.
0: But so he's wearing like a slash doublet and things like that. Like this is very fancy clothes for. Even though, like, every single chapter he's described as wearing a habit. Yeah. But, yeah. So, we find ourselves in the gatehouse the next morning with a very grumpy Matthias. Like, he is tired. He's grumpy. He's just, like... He's glowering. His friend Formal tries to cheer him up and gently advises him not to whack Maddie too hard. We learn that Maddie has already gone without tea or supper the day before as a punishment. Because Matthias was pissed when Maddie came home. Like, he was so mad that he he knew that he
1: better send the kid to his room or he'd do something he would regret.
0: Yeah. Which, honestly, good job, Matthias. Mm-hmm. Good job. Mm-hmm. Good parenting to just be like, you need to, we need to not be near you. Like, he didn't, obviously he didn't explain it. Which means that Maddie doesn't understand, yeah, but he did do the correct thing in separating himself from the situation so that he does not do something that he doesn't want to do mm-hmm. to a child. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that some parents do not understand that they should do, yeah. So,
1: He does, he just, he has a very good parent. Like, I I do like that in this book. Matthias and Cornflower are good parents. They
0: are. They're very good parents. Yes. They are. Because there's a lot of moments where you notice the way that everybody else is rearing their kids is, quote unquote, traditional. Like, they'll put, like, their hands on their kids. They'll, like, yell at them. Things like that. But Brian is specifically showcasing... The honorable warrior and his wife and son, Mm -hmm. and they don't do that. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, I think we never hear about Orlando going after like spanking Alma, but
0: he does cuff. uh, Oh, cheek!
1: cheek, Yeah, though he does cuff cheek.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, but that's also the Badgers have always been like that. Yeah, that's just one of those things. Yeah. So said child. Peeks out of his room, not Cheek, Maddie. Yeah, Maddie. Cheek happens later, but Maddie peeks out of his room after a few minutes, and Matthias orders him to come out, and they have a talk. Um, Matthias asks him,
1: like, why does he do this? It hurts him, his mom, his friends. And, like, that, like... Matthias is confused and sullen by now everyone's having a go at him and he doesn't understand why and like by this point like we were talking about this earlier I'm on Madame Mat- side like he is a kid he doesn't understand this like Matthias can ask him like why do you do this you're hurting all of us and Matameo doesn't understand he's like but why does it hurt you like no one is explaining to him why this is a bad thing he doesn't yeah. understand like, he really wanna- doesn't
0: I want to read this section. So, Maddie, why do you do these things? You hurt your mother, you hurt me, you hurt all our friends. You even got your own little pals into trouble. Why? Matameo stood tongue-tied. What did they all want? He had apologized. Said he was very sorry, in fact. He would never do it again. Just Squirrel, his mother, Constance, they had all given him a stern telling off. Now it was his father's turn. Matameo knew that the moment he set Pa out of doors, he would be spotted, probably by Abbot Mordolphus, and that would mean another stern lecture. So he is already just like, I have already been yelled at for this. Why is everyone yelling at me for this? I have already said I'm sorry. I've already said I'm not going to do it again. I don't know why everyone is so upset at me, even though I have done, done the thing. That kids are told they're supposed to do when they've done something wrong, mm-hmm. which is apologize and promise not to do it again.
1: Mm-hmm. He's justifiably he's, confused. He's like
0: eight. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's probably like seven.
1: Yeah, that's true. Because it's been
0: eight years since... Um, I Well, mean, like- he was... He did exist at the first anniversary. So maybe he is eight. That's they true. got busy fast. What the fuck? Uh, mice grow up. Uh, mice aren't very long lived creatures.
1: Even if, I guess in a fantasy setting, they probably grow <laughs> up fast. Um, probably. But so
0: he's he's like seven or eight. He is young. Yeah. He is very young. I have taught seven and eight year olds. I love them very much. They're idiots. <laughs> I'm. Tell me I'm wrong. No, no, you're right. They're fucking idiots. And not in like a mean way. I don't mean it. I would never, I would never, ever, ever call a seven or eight year old an idiot to their face. But again, because their brains are still developing. Their brains are still developing. Everything that happens to them is the most important thing that has ever happened to them because they're eight years old. They do not have the life experience. This was what I had to explain to my mother when I was talking with her about... She has a friend. uh, Actually, no. Hold up. Her boyfriend has a kid, mm-hmm. right? He pays like, um. He pays child support, but he is the the mom does not want him involved in this kid's life. Mm. But the kid wants to talk to him. Yeah, this kid is trans. But his mom is not accepting of that. Cody is. Uh. Fun fact, because of me. Um, not specifically towards <laughs> this kid, but because he had, got to interact with me, an adult trans person, before ever interacting with a kid trans, like a mm-hmm. trans kid. So something I had to explain to my mom is like, she was like, we think that, you know, they're blowing this out of proportion. And I kind of looked at her and I was like, you think that because you're an adult who has that kind of life experience to be able to look at all these different options to this kid this is the end of the world yeah they don't have that level of life experience they don't have the different experiences to be able to look at different ways that this could this could go because they haven't experienced them yet this kid is in the middle of experiencing this For the first time. Yeah. So this is the most important and most devastating thing to ever happen to this kid. And I used an example. I was like, Mom, you have always told me that you would accept me. No matter what. And she was like, yeah. And I knew that. Objectively, I knew that. But... Everything that I saw from other people who were trans coming out to their parents was the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so when I came out to you as trans and you were weird about it, it was the worst thing in the world. My mom didn't not accept me, she just struggled with the language of it because my mom is Gen X. Yeah. She struggles, she's gotten way better over the years. She and I have had long discussions about it. I used to, you know, resent her a little bit for it. Because it's one of those things. Because when I was younger, it was the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And now I'm older. And I've talked with her. And she and I have worked through a lot of it. And I've got more life experience. And it is no longer the end of the world. But when you have a parent who acts weird about something very important to you and you have no other experience to attach it to, but this first experience. It's, it's It's the end of the world. Yes. And that's what, that's what this is with Maddie. He's still very young and Matthias and Constance and Cornflower and everyone else around him can see all the different ways that this could go but he only sees what's directly in front of him which is the experience he's currently having
1: yep which is the adults are all yelling
0: at me and i don't know why anymore exactly so you know it's the end of the world and he is you know starting to feel resentful he is feeling rebellious and matthias can see that so his solution to kind of distract maddie it's not (laughs) in this situation to kind of maybe start explaining properly like why he needs to act the like the way that everybody expects him to is he pulls the sword down from over the mantle like martin's sword and hands it to maddie to see if he can wield it and maddie can almost lift it but not quite. The sword is taller than he is. Yeah. But he still does manage to lift it up. He does. He just can't get it over his head. Mm-hmm. And so Matthias shows off a little. He, like, whips it around his head until it sings through the air. And then he slices through a bunch of the breakfast food on the table, uh, near, like, passes it, like, within a quarter inch of Maddie's head. And then, you know, it ends up point down in the floor. Bruh, your wood floors, bruh, <laughs> bruh, your floors. Bruh, Cornflower your floors. would have been like, Matthias, <laughs> my floors. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing to my floors, sir? You know better. <laughs> and then you know, he does. He goes into a short. It's you say lecture here, but really it's more of a gentle lesson. Yeah. About how the sword does not make Maddie a warrior. It's just a sword. Good people, bad people, anyone can wield a weapon. It's his hard work and his commitment to being gentle and a protector is what makes him a warrior. And someday, he will teach Maddie how to be a warrior too. This is... A very important moment right here because Matthias has realized, okay, this approach isn't working. Mm -hmm. What he was doing before, which was lecturing and being like, why do you do this? Why are you acting like this? It's like starting to try and find the words to properly explain why Maddie has to act the way that everybody expects him to or why he should. Mm -hmm. And it's to be a warrior... You have to treat everybody kindly. You have to treat everybody that you come across essentially the way you want to be treated. Yeah. If you want respect, you need to respect people in kind until they do something to prove that they don't deserve it. Right. Which is an important lesson (laughs) in general.
1: Very much so.
0: And one that I don't think enough parents think about either. I have
1: opinions. <laughs> it's okay. I do also like that they, like um, the punishment he sets him, like I prefer a punishment like this compared to what like Constance did the day before of like, Oh, you're shaming your parents. Um, she here, he sets him like double the work Vitch has done the day before. Like he puts him to manual labor. Um, he almost threatens to like, not let him go to the feast. But He he
0: uses that as like, I think he wasn't ever going to actually do that. <laughs> I think he was yeah. just like, Do you want the worst option, which is not going to the feast? And Maddie's like, No, <laughs> I want to go to the feast. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, Okay, you need to go to the friar and do whatever he tells you to do. Double the work Vich had. And then you need to go flower gathering with your mother until she frees you. Yep. And then and he's like then he says a line that had me going,
1: excuse me, sir, where he's like, oh, y- you know, you have to accept the punishment. And his father is proud of him for accepting it for he shows the mark of a true warrior obedience. And it's like, excuse me, sir, mister, I'm not going to tell anywhere I'm going. I'm going to slip out in a way any chance I can get
0: and, uh, <laughs> you know, just bugger off. It's like, sir. <laughs> Sir, So the way that it goes is he was he he gave this punishment to Maddie and he was watching Maddie to see how he would react. Mm-hmm. Would he act like a spoiled child and throw a fit about it, or would he accept the punishment? You know, and you, This is a really dumb thing to expect of like an eight-year-old for them to prove themselves to you like this right? because like. If he's been spoiled his whole life, if he throws a fit, okay, he's you know been spoiled. Apparently, no one has ever made him do work before, which makes no sense. It makes no sense, especially it seems real out of character for Matthias and especially Constance. Yeah, and to not Wall give him in work. General. Yeah, I don't know, I don't like it, but yeah.
1: But we're still establishing characters at this point, so
0: yeah. So, and he accepts the punishment. He's like, I'll do as you have asked, Dad. And then we get that line, and I'm just over here like, also obedience is not how you became a warrior, good sir. Literally, everything you did, Matthias, was because you disobeyed the elders around you Mm -hmm. and snuck out and did some bullshit and almost died multiple fucking times. (laughs) You fucking idiot!
1: <laughs> Again, though, he has the benefit of hindsight, so
0: he sure does. And
1: it was obedience to uh, old Mortimer that got him his positions, in a way, because Mortimer was like, "Hey, this is your job now, and then I'm, I'm going <laughs> to die by it." Um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: listening. If you like this podcast, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at Abbey Archives, and if you'd like to read along with us, join our Discord, linked in the description below. You can also follow our parent podcast at Hope's Hearth Pod. Remember to wash your paws like good dibbins and take care of yourselves. Bye!